Two guys. Two topics. Two, two, two. two opinions. Two. Utah, give me two. This is the split story of the day on 97.5, 1280 The Zone. And the Zone Sports Network. Right corner, off the bounce three from Conley. Nailed it. 83-76, Jazz by seven. Ingles pops out left side. Comes off the Gobert pick. Chests it to Conley, gets stolen by Brooks. Fast break the other way. Brooks misses the layup. Ingles rebounds. 94-93. Push ahead to Conley. To the corner, Bogdanovich. Come on, Bogey. Got it. 97-93. Conley driving through the lane. Bouncing it. Turns it over himself. Morant open court. Morant driving a boy on. Lays it up and in. Really tough turnover there by Mike Conley. Conley to the front court. 22 points, 4 rebounds. Seven assists with his white headband. He works to his right hand. He gets Bain switched to him. Now a Gobert pick. They work the pick and roll. Low left hand dribble in the pocket. Step back jumper. Mike Conley. Yes, you can. Hear me roar. Mike Conley and the Jazz are up six. Timeout. Taylor Jenkins. Last night, Gordon, the Jazz beat the Grizzlies in Memphis. Third time in six nights beating this Grizzlies team after with the background of all that we talked about in the first segment with the issues uh, with the plane just to get out there. And, um, you know, the team goes out, Gordon, and gives a really gritty performance where they played really hard and came through in the clutch. I, I thought that was one of their better wins of the season. Given everything uh, yes. involved, I thought it was one of their better wins of the year. Here, here, Jake. Couldn't agree with you more. Uh and I kept thinking about that. It was hard not to think about that during the game, right? Especially because Donovan Mitchell wasn't there. But I just kept thinking, these guys went through something that was quite traumatic, and here they are out there getting their business done on somebody else's home floor. And a good team. I mean, it's not like the Grizzlies are anybody's idea of a pushover. And they went out and got uh, – Got the job done. I, and I also kept thinking about how you were right and I was wrong. I, not that I was really all that wrong. Because, remember, I said somebody would step up and play really, really, really well. Uh-huh. And you said that it would be sort of a collective effort. Uh-huh. I guess we were both kind of right on that. You were Mike, not right. Mike Conley was 11 of 18, scored 26 points. You were not right. Who are you? That's way above his average. And Bogdanovich was way above his average, and Clarkson was way above his average. As if yeah, those three, as if those three lifted their team to the victory. You got me there. Anyway, they did come together to 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 get that victory, and I wondered there toward the end whether the, the victory was going to be their reward, but uh, they found a way. And and can, I mean, here I am painting a rosy picture of the Jazz Trift and whatnot, but. Royce O'Neal, what were you doing, Fallon, with seven seconds left with a four-point lead? What were you doing, Fallon? Am I Royce O'Neal now? No. <laughs> Come on, the thought had to go through your mind. And I guarantee you that uh, Quinn Snyder was sitting over there thinking that. How can you? You can't do that, right? Well, you you can when you hang on to win. <laughs> Yeah, but you don't know at that point whether that's the way it's going to be. I'm sure I mean, they'll, on the they'll... other hand, Royce was on the plane too, and he he might have been traumatized as well. But uh, anyway, uh, well, you yeah. get you get caught up in the moment, and mistakes are made even at that. And level. he made the next two free throws. Remember? Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, so ice he, water in the veins stepped up and nailed them. So, so he made up for it. Yeah, but stuff uh, happens. The Jazz as a team, 
Uh, Got to give them a whole lot of credit. I mean, they didn't shoot the ball particularly well. Uh, and, and but but given the circumstance, I just thought that was how would you say it? The guttiest win of the season. I think it it might have been. Well, it it is a. Um... You know, David talks about watch the attempts, and if the attempts are high enough, you win the game, regardless of your percentage. This was uh, good evidence for his his theory there. Because they took 49 threes, and making 16, I mean, 16 is a nice, is a nice number for an NBA game. And uh, they only shot 32%, or actually almost 33. So, um, you know, get out there and get those volume threes going and, and hit them at the right time. And it'll win a game for you. So that that certainly uh, appeared to be what happened for the most part to me. And they played they played great, you know, movement basketball. I mean, it was very yeah. um, it, it was very jazz like what we've come to expect. When the ball is moving like that, and guys are catching the ball in rhythm, and either looking for a teammate or looking to release that ball on a beautiful shot, it it, it is so fun to watch. It, it's. It's just such a pure brand of basketball. Uh, and, and, of course, when the shot is missed, then everyone's back on their horse getting down the floor the other way, and uh, you can complain about the miss if you want. But the the the, uh, the strategy behind it, the foundation of it is really cool. What we're watching with this Jazz team is pretty darn special uh, in a lot of ways. And I, I you know, we I think Jake... For guys like you and me, and we, I mean, we get we get so used to watching it that I think sometimes we take it for granted. But it it really is a thing of beauty. Yeah, you know, Gordon. Um, one thing that's interesting about if you just look at Jazz box scores, and this is kind of a, a a fun exercise, but there's there's really two ways that you can play this Jazz team, and that's there's more than that. But I, and I'm oversimplifying it, but I think you'll you'll come along with me. There's really two ways to to defend this Jazz team, and that's uh, you know, take away the rim and don't let Rudy dunk on you all night long. Or and, and when you <clears throat> when you do that, you're going to be vulnerable to the three point shot, right? Because you mm-hmm. have to you know help and help the helper and all that stuff, and you have to play the pick and roll di- uh, differently. Or you can stay home on the shooters, and Rudy is going to score thirty and and dunk on your head all night long. And you can just look at the box score. And figure out exactly how the other team, what what poison they picked that particular night. And Rudy had six shots. He was three of six. He was two of seven at the line. Uh, you like him going there seven times, certainly. And he had the 12 boards, four assists. He had a couple of really, really great blocks. But you look at the eight points. And then you look at the total number of threes taken. 49. <laughs> yeah. 49. That means they were taking open threes all night long because Memphis wasn't going to let Rudy beat him. And the thing is, you look at Rudy's line and you go, okay, that's an all right game for Rudy. He dominated Valanciunas all night long. I mean, he really did. He outplayed him all night long. And because I thought Valanciunas got off some nice shots, though, a couple but of them. They, I mean, they sagged Valanciunas at the rim the whole game. Yes. And Rudy still found uh, ways to impact it, including passing the basketball. And then defensively, uh, he was. I thought he was really good against Yona, uh, Valanciunas. I thought he hit some tough shots, and you look at the box score, and he scored some points. But I, I thought that was a completely one-sided matchup, and I thought Rudy was was really, uh, really good. But I, I do think that exercise with the box score is interesting. You can you can look at it and go, oh, well, they were worried about Rudy 
last night. So, so essentially what you're saying is that opponents of the Jazz can pick their poison. Right. And then it gets a little more complex when teams play switchy defenses and, and pressure the ball and all those unique you know wrinkles that we've seen. Uh, the Jazz go up against a zone. The two games ago against Memphis, they played a bunch of zone. Uh, so it's not, you know, like I said, I oversimplified it a lot, but in very basic terms, I mean, that's what you got to do when you play this Jazz team. Okay, so we've we've complimented the Jazz and some of the terrific performances we saw, and coming back off a traumatic experience to to gut one out. Does it concern uh, the Jazz? Or should it concern Jazz fans that Ja Morant scores 36 points on 11 of 18 shooting? No. And that he goes to the free throw line and shoots 15 charity chucks? Uh, I don't think so. I think Ja is really good. And I think uh, the way that Memphis plays, they play into his strengths the whole game. And so... He's gonna he's gonna rack up some points. I mean, he's playing that much in transition. He's getting all of his shots pretty much at the rim or in the paint. He's not a great jump shooter. He's limited, and so Memphis designed an attack to really highlight what he does well. And he'll do he does that to a lot of teams. Yeah, yeah. He's gonna continue to do that to a lot of teams. I I, I still think. And let me ask you this, because because Booner brought this up on the post game show. I still think, and I agree with this was kind of Ron's point, that he needs to round out his game still, that there's some stuff he's got to add because there's some, you know, holes, so to speak, or you can you can play certain ways against him to take away some stuff. But if he rounds out his game, I think he'll be one of the top five players in the league. Well, you saw him hit that 25-foot jumper straight away. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm thinking about more than just heaving prayers, though, okay. you know. I, I think he needs to add a little distance on a more consistent, uh, better execution in the half court, those kind of things. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I can I can buy that. Stuff that Donovan Mitchell's had to work on. Right. You know, not just uh, – Donovan is a far better shooter, as always has been, than Jaws is now. But the the other things, like reads and decision-making and that sort of stuff. And he had – what, he had five turnovers, I think, uh, something along those lines. Uh, well, he has the time. ball in his hands the entire yeah. the entire game. Yeah, which which leads to a spotlight, which will either indicate really great play or the mistakes that are made by a young player. But you're right; he's gonna. I'll make this prediction. I'll say within two years he will be one of definitely. Well, let's see. Let me think before I say top this. five is a pretty steep standard. Yeah, I'd say top ten. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I can buy into that. Mm-hmm. He he has some work to do. But actually, the, his willingness to shoot the three, I think, is is a strength, not a weakness. Because you can't hide from it. Got to go out there and figure out how to get yourself better. Uh, I like. There's a lot to like about him as a player. Mem- Memphis is a good team. I mean, that's why yeah. you can't undersell the fact that they beat them three times in a row. And the final time without their leading score. Yeah, I mean that, that's yeah. a big deal. Yeah. If they, we're not talking about Cleveland here, I mean that Cleveland team was was borderline comical just because the. <laughs> they don't have a great squad, obviously, this year. And the Jazz didn't have to work very hard to beat them. Joe Ingles said as much. Kind of chuckled at that when he was on with uh, with PK this morning. Um, but this Memphis team is is way better than Cleveland. I mean, they're, they're, they're a decent team, and they play really hard, and they've got a good young coach, and there's a bright future for Memphis. And for Jazz to, to beat them three times is, is really impressive. And they're especially good at the defensive end. Uh, I mean, th- yeah, I agree that that is – 
uh, a fine accomplishment for the Jazz. What about this, though? How badly did the Jazz miss Donovan Mitchell? Because you don't often see him play without him. Uh, there were moments in that game when I, 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 it was, it was clear that he wasn't there and, uh, no duh, right? I mean, when LeBron's not with the Lakers, you kind of notice, but, uh, maybe sometimes, you know, sometimes when a guy is absent makes you appreciate what he's capable of doing even more. I, I agree with what you said there, Gordon. I, w- I would be worried about you if you came in today and said, wow, they didn't miss Donovan at all. Well, like we talked about yesterday, there are times when the collective group comes together to fill in that space completely. And even though the Jazz did win a tough game under tough circumstances, uh, they came together, but there were still the holes that Donovan would have been able to uh, For sure. Fill, I, fill he, I mean, he's, he's just he's too good not to have an impact when he's not there. You know, yeah, yeah, throw Rudy yeah. into that category, too. I mean, there, there's a reason they're making so much dough. You know, <laughs> if Donovan had an absence of a few games and the Jazz had, you know, no fall off whatsoever, I'm sure that uh, the Jazz would be thinking, now, why are we paying this guy so much? <laughs> uh, so I assume what you're saying by ask, by saying it the way you did is that uh, uh, no kidding, you idiot. No, I would never say it. <laughs> I would. I would never say that. No, I. I. It was a storyline last night. I don't. I don't mean to to poo poo the storyline. I apologize because Donovan wasn't there. And any time a team is missing their best player, and how they play is going to be something that you keep an eye on. There's. There's no doubt. Look at the Laker collapse. But um, you know, Donovan. The team deserves a lot of credit for making up for him because he's such a good player, and they did it against a good team. Yes. Yep. And look, we mentioned, first of all, Mike Conley playing the way he did and at a place where he played for so long. It's kind of nice to see him do that, although it was difficult for him to guard John Morant. But, I mean, that's true for a lot of people. But he performed very well. Um, Bogdanovich... It's still something's something's not quite there. I don't, can you put your finger on it? What's going on with him? I mean, it's not like he didn't make any shots, five three pointers in twelve attempts. Still, overall six of seventeen. You know what? Do you think this is just thing a thing like uh, shooters go through a little slump and he he'll uh, he'll bounce out of it and better for him to go through it now than in the playoffs. Um, I think what's going on with Bogdanovich is he's having trouble shaking a narrative. He played great last night. Can't have a complaint in the world about Bogdanovich last <laughs> night. He he made shots when they needed it in the first quarter. He made shots at the end of the game. Uh, he, I mean, five of twelve. What percent? That's still in the forties. I mean, that's that's a great night. And he made probably the best slash most important pass of the whole night. In the fourth quarter, it was a hockey assist. It didn't go down as an assist, but he was in the post, backing down his guy, which one of us doesn't like it when he does that. But then he had a skip pass out to Royce O'Neal right at the break who made the extra pass to Jordan Clarkson in the corner who canned the three. Yeah, it was a sweet play. So I Don't I, hold your breath. This, he's, still make, he's still making a third of his shots and, you know, I mean, whatever. He, he shot 42% from three, like Jake said, though. 
Yeah. I mean, yeah. He, listen, I don't know why he struggles making layups, but he does for some reason. <laughs> uh, I got it. If you want to complain about him making layups, I'm all I'm all about it. But there's I you can't criticize his game last night. He was really good. Okay. And Jordan Clarkson, four of fifteen from three. I thought he was good too. All right. I mean, again, the volume three is a good thing. So it doesn't matter as long as a lot of them go up. Right. Because the Jazz shoot 40% from three. So eventually that number is going to come out and you're going to win. <laughs> and, by the way, when they made the threes, I thought was relevant last night, too. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. I hear you. I, I just, every time I see this team play, I measure it against the best standard you can come up with and uh, i get it they're humans they had a traumatic experience it was a great win a gutty win i agree i agree i agree but i i, I just picture what's going to happen when they go up against the clippers or when they go up against the lakers fully loaded when they go up against the suns we're going to see what that's like uh twice on the road coming up in the not too distant future i know the lakers and andre drummond's toe are going to be a tough matchup <laughs> For this uh, for this jazz team, it's gonna it's going to be rough. I I thought both those players that you mentioned played well. I did. I'm not I'm not ripping them. I'm I'm just thinking they're going to have to play better than they did last night. Now, obviously Donovan Mitchell wasn't there. Yeah, and they gritted that. out a, a tough win. Right. I don't think there's much I, to complain I, about from okay. last night's game. I really don't. And I Fair don't enough. think I I I think Bogdanovich is fine. I'm not concerned about his performance, and he, I, I just don't know how me. many. I just don't know how many good games he has to have before people will get over the boy. Look at this slump from Bogdanovich. Well, he just it, it it doesn't look smooth to me. It looks like something's just kind of a little quirky. With five of six from three three games ago. Yeah, I know. I know, but don't if I if I tell you he went six of seventeen. Don't discard that and say he was five of six from three a few games ago. I'm not discarding that. I'm I'm including the six of 17 and telling you that he had a good game. I I, I, the whole his whole performance does not come down to his shooting percentage. No, I know. Particularly him. Well, he didn't have any turnovers. Nice. That was great, Gordon. All right, stay tuned. Yeah, big game, zero turnovers. You're right. Hey, we ended on the same page. I feel good. (laughs) Okay, look, we're nitpicking here, but uh, the Jazz had a great win under those circumstances, but they will have to play better. And obviously, if Donovan Mitchell is with them, they will play better. But I just keep measuring this team against what they're going to face in the playoffs. And I, because they have won so many games, I, I, for their own good, Jazz fans ought to send as many positive vibes at this club as they can. Because if, if it, it'd be it'd be better for them not to play so well and not to win so many games if they're not going to do the same thing in the playoffs. Because if they do that in the regular season and then they don't do it in the playoffs, then people will d- just sort of dismiss. Whatever they do moving forward, it'll create a bigger hole for the Jazz to climb out of than already exists after what happened in the bubble. 
Well, certainly a big night last night. Uh, what do you think about that? Roy Williams steps, well, steps down, retires, whatever you, you want to call it. I guess it's technically a retirement. He's 70 how, years old. How, how old is he, 70? 70. And he said he does. He did not feel like he was the right fit for the program anymore. Well, yeah. I mean, look what look what he's accomplished. And uh, life is only so long, you know. You gotta, he needs to go out and, and do some stuff that he hasn't been able to do. He's probably been able to do a lot of things. But uh, there's more to do, so go do it. What the heck? What do you bet me pops up at, like, New Mexico or something in two or three years? No. At 73? He's 70, uh, about in a few years. I see what you're saying. But I don't know. It seems like these coaches retire and then get bored, and then all of a sudden they take another gig, right? Well, they did, are. Where, where did uh, Bobby Knight go? Texas Tech? Yeah. They are They are wired in a different way oftentimes, and there's a thirst for that controlling competition. And so I guess that could happen. Isn't Larry I, Brown still coaching somewhere? <laughs> is he? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I if he is, I'm unaware. Where was where was he last in the college ranks and and had success? Um, was he at SMU? SMU, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I, I <laughs> if he's coaching still, then I, I, I'm, I, I'm, I haven't Googled it, but let me guess that Larry Brown would be. I want to say. Mid to late 80s? He is exactly 80. Is and he? you'll never, ever in a million trillion years guess the last team he coached. <laughs> Not a chance. Because I didn't even know this this team existed. Uh, All right. Let's hear it. Auxilium Torino. What is I'm, that? In uh, Liga Basket Serie A. Oh, over there in Italy. Our guy Tavinari probably knows yeah. all about it. Okay, him. so he coaches in the Italian league. He was fired mid-season with the team's record at just five and nineteen. So he did a bad in job. Twenty eighteen, <laughs> overseas. Okay, there you go. Uh, I don't know if we'll see Roy Williams again. It's pretty pretty incredible what he accomplished at both Kansas and North Carolina. Never never got that title at Kansas, but went to several Final Fours right in his his time there. And then he goes to to North Carolina. Had the whole academic scandal thing pop up there for a minute. <clears throat> Um, but uh, seemed to somehow come out of that unscathed. You mean where the the classes were fake? That whole yeah, thing. Yeah, where they. No, he never knew anything about that, Jake. That, well, that they, that's not shock to him. technically what they concluded. They got away with it because of a <laughs> loophole where they said, "Well, we made the fake class available to everybody. It wasn't just <laughs> athletes. It was it was everybody." And the NCAA said, "Oh, why didn't you say that in the first place?" Yeah, Case closed. It's no, yeah. it's no Let's particular go home, benefit. everyone. It's no particular benefit for an athlete. It's you know. Let's hit Applebee's. Everybody, you know. <laughs> Fine work. Did you ever? Did you ever have any classes like that in college? Fake that were classes, just an no. Absolute. Maybe not a fake class, but one that is an automatic A. Took ballroom dance. Well, that'd be kind of hard. What? What? Did everybody get an A in there? Oh, everybody showed up. Oh, it was one of those. Yeah, they didn't like actually critique your no, technique. No, it wasn't the, like uh, uh, Carrie Ann. What's her name sitting there? Going, <laughs> like <laughs> Carrie Ann Anaba wasn't yeah. the professor. He was like, "Listen, that waltz sucks." So wait, out wait, there. wait, hold on a second. You're telling me that anybody who shows up for ballroom dance, even if they don't learn the dances correctly, they get an A? That sounds a little bit on the generous side. Yeah, you don't get like an A. You just get the credit. You just get like a pass. Oh, okay, it's All like right. a pass fail kind of thing.
And if you if you just showed up and stood there, then they'd probably fail you. But yeah, if you participate, wave your arms and shake yeah, your hips. Show up and participate. But no, they're not critiquing you. They're not saying that Roomba was a B effort at best. <laughs> Were you any good at it? Uh, I don't know if anybody in beginning ballroom dance is any good at it. But it was fun. Uh, a few fraternity brothers and I took it to see if we could meet a member of the fair sex. And then, sure, there were some some lovely people in that class. I I took a golf class thinking, I'll get to golf, I'll get an A, oh, this will be great. Uh You had to get, you had to like shoot an 80 on average. No, an 80? Yes, an 80. Some of this stuff stuff is performance based, Jake. Maybe it was 85, but it was. To get a pass? I didn't pass. No, stop. I'm not kidding. At 85, that is... Down at UVU. Listen, at 85 is a pretty steep standard. What if you were like Not at Cascade Springs. What if you were just a beginner, though? You just pick up a club that semester, and they're like, you better better be to 85 by the end of this thing. That's impossible. So we passed the class, but we didn't... To get an A... You had to do this. There were tiers of school. Well, there's a there's a there's a way to get past that. You cheat. How do you cheat? Well, the cheat the way you do at golf. That's I think you what cheat, he's saying. Well, Miscount was, the strokes. Oh, okay. Was the was the teacher with you in your foursome? No, but the Holy Spirit was yeah. and saw everything I was doing <laughs> is, and not doing. Is this how you think of things, Gordon? <laughs> that if nobody's looking, no. it's all good. No, I'm just thinking that that seems quite unreasonable. That in order to get an A, you got to shoot 80. Well, what's I mean, unreasonable? There are people. Is, there are people who've been playing golf for 25 years who have never, never broken that. Well, it, it, should you be given a letter grade for golf? I mean, let's be honest. At least with the pass fail thing, that made some sense. But like, Look, if, any, you, if anything, you took a, a basketball class and you weren't the, I took a basketball class. You weren't Dominique Wilkins by the end. You didn't get an A. It was was all the grades in the basketball class were more. We had to show that we could make a layup and and that we we did a test and we had to write the parts of the court and where the three-point line and all that was. But then there was a calisthenics section where you had to run the mile in like seven minutes. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. It was ridiculous. Part of of learning the game of golf is being miserable, you know. So the fact that you don't get it, there is some, some legitimacy to that. Uh, that uh, you, it, it somehow you're you're going to fall short of what your goal is, and that you're going to be happy about it, and that it's somehow going to ruin your day. So that, that that's that that is a part of the game of golf, right? The only thing that would make it even more realistic is if you had to actually pay extra for the class and lose a bunch of money. Which well, is you, what I did. You did have to pay for the class. Yeah, they didn't do it for free. We had to buy our own season pass to the course. Yeah. Welcome to your <laughs> university system That's, at work. Yeah, you're paying yeah. you're paying top dollar for that ballroom dance class. How many happy golfers do you know? Lots. I'm a happy golfer. Yeah. Do you keep score? Yeah. All or, right. No, you doubt it? I think most people who play golf are happy. I don't know. I've known a lot of them. They're happy to be on the course, but they're not necessarily happy with the result. So what do they do? They go out and buy five more putters, you know, and then they expend all that. And then they need a new driver. And then the irons aren't what they used to be, or the grips don't fit right, so you've got to regrip them, or you've got to do something 
and you lose, you know, uh, about 150 golf balls, and so then you got to go out and buy more. So it's, it's hypothetically, just, it's just, right, Gordon? It's, yeah, it's one of those endeavors that that uh, you just you you want to be good at, but uh, you're, you're more likely to be miserable than good. Well, if you don't set unrealistic expectations for yourself, then often you're not miserable. I, lo- I love I the guy I mean, that uh, not you, but I love the guy that goes out there that thinks they shoot 75 every time they play. And anytime they're below that, just a smidge, it's nothing but curses and making everybody else miserable. And like they're a round away from getting their card. Right, yeah. And, and you're 82, they chill. They, they you're miss play, a 30-foot putt them. and they throw their putter like, ah, oh, <laughs> darn it. I mean, yeah, I, I don't, I got to admit, I don't understand that. I told you guys, I used to think that way. I used to think, and I, and I did get to be a decent golfer. I mean, I was, I used to shoot about 80. There about, and I thought I was I was pretty good until uh, until I introduced the game to my wife and we went out to play and and she recorded my swing, and I recorded hers, and we came back and we compared the two swings and hers was about ten times better than mine, and that's when I realized, not only do you suck but you've always sucked. Just because your swing wasn't as nice as your wife's, that's. Yeah. I mean, kind of an she, insult she, to her. She, she's been playing golf for like three months. Well, she's a natural. What do you want me yeah. to say? If she's the natural, I'm the unnatural. Stay tuned. It is the big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.